Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 199. Yeah. 199. We are one episode away from celebrating our 200th show. And if I had a cake, that would be a lot of candles. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate these milestones than in sharing our 10 most downloaded, most listened to, and most impactful episodes that have ever graced the Gold Digger platform. These episodes were the biggest game changers, and I couldn't resist recapping them and sharing them with you again in hopes that you would get to relive the magic. They're in no particular order, but individually and collectively, they were hands down the top 10 episodes. And I want to make sure you didn't miss them. Like seriously, guys, you can't miss these ones. Let this be your encouragement needed to go back into the archives and hit play. Now, before we dive on in to this celebration, let's talk about the review of the week from Lindsay Banner. It's titled My Personal Coach. It says, I consider Jenna my personal business coach. I've spent hundreds of dollars on business coaching on a variety of subjects, and I can honestly say Jenna's content is just as good, if not better, than what I've paid hundreds of dollars for. She breaks things down and makes things feel far less overwhelming. Thank you, thank you, Jenna, for giving me confidence to finally launch my company. Hearing stories like this, you guys, is what makes this show happen. Like sitting behind a microphone by yourself recording these things. I'm not going to lie. It's not the most fun job in the world. But then I see your reviews and I get this like rejuvenated spirit, this reminder that there are real humans hitting play each week. And so without further ado, let's dive on into our top 10 shows because guess what? Maybe you need a little extra inspiration, a little reminder of what we've put out there or just a kick in the pants to go back and listen to the good ones. Are you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. 
Major shout out to LinkedIn for supporting this episode of Gold Digger. Thinking of hiring? Take your hiring needs to LinkedIn. I was amazed to learn that 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn. That's crazy. Take $50 off towards your first job post. Visit linkedin.com slash gold digger. Certain terms and conditions apply, but this is a great chance to see how LinkedIn can lead you to your next hire. Special thanks to Trip Actions for sponsoring today's episode of Gold Digger. Trip Actions takes the pain out of managing corporate travel to help businesses save money and keep employees happy. Learn more at tripactions.com slash gold digger. This month, only attend a free 30-minute demo and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. It's safe to say that our Instagram episodes always crush it. So I'm going to kick this thing off with episode number 155, how I doubled my Instagram growth in one month flat. That's right. The title says it all. In one month, I doubled my Instagram growth and really, really enhanced my engagement. In episode 155, I tell you exactly how I did that and how you can see similar results in just 30 days times. The methods might surprise you, the outcomes might shock you, and you'll find out how you can implement this exact strategy today. So are you ready for a sneak peek of this chart topping episode? Let's do this. So I'm sure you're wondering, okay, so what did this experiment lead to? Out of the last 40 posts, there were only eight without me in them. And and most of those were just the quote images that I love to use to inspire and to give other people content. So I was showing up in 80% of my images, 80%. Now to give you kind of a ballpark of what a good engagement rate is, and this is for people that have less followers. So once you hit like 100K, your engagement rates go down just because out of those 100K, obviously not everyone really cares about what you're doing. So engagement rates between 1.64 and 3.48 are considered to be good. Okay, 1.64 and 3.48. So anywhere between one and three and a half, that's considered to be good engagement. I was consistently hitting 6%. 9%. I even had one post that went almost viral and I got 21% engagement. That is unheard of. Unheard of. So I was sitting at double, almost triple what is considered a good engagement rate. This is where it all gets crazy. How exactly did showing up in my feed consistently change my Instagram game? Here are the facts. So since I told you I love numbers, I'm also going to tell you a little secret. I have a note on my phone, on my iPhone, and I track my growth rate. I think it's so interesting. And it's not because I'm obsessed with how many followers I have, but it's because I want to look at like what is influencing this growth? What is helping fuel this community? What is helping raise my level of impact? And so I love numbers. Numbers give me security kind of a creepy problem. But I have a note in my phone and I track kind of each month where I'm at with my followers. And so between January and February, before I did this experiment, I went up 6,000 followers in a month, which is a lot. I mean, that is a lot. You know, when you do the math, it's what, 1,200 or so a week. That's a lot of followers each week adding to my feed. But when I did the experiment from February to March, 
I over doubled that. I went up 13,000 followers in one month. Wow. Simply put, in this episode, I shared my Instagram secret and held nothing back. If you want the full story, head on back to episode number 155. Now we're on to the next one. In episode 181, I talk about beating the algorithm, how to rock your Instagram stories. And we all know that social media is one of the best ways to get the word out there about your business. But sometimes it can get super tricky. And so today I want to make a giant focus on one specific facet of social media that rarely gets taught, but it can make a huge impact on how you're engaging with your audience. And that's how to rock your Instagram stories. If you're not using IG stories yet, it's finally time for you to get on board. And if you are, it's time to make sure that you're using them to their full potential because it is one of the most unique, impactful ways to move your business forward. And who doesn't love engaging with their fans and followers and friends in an authentic way? So here is a clip from one of our most loved episodes, yet number 181. I talk about this all the time on the show, but the know, like, and trust factor is one of the most important parts when it comes to marketing. And so when you can allow people to feel like they actually know you and they like you, then you're going to gain their trust. So maybe you're thinking, well, great, but I just don't really think Instagram stories matter that much. Maybe it's just a passing trend. If you're not convinced that Instagram stories are here to stay, here are some amazing statistics. If a user interacts with your stories, they are more likely to see your posts on your feed. So take that algorithm, like here is a way to really help get your posts seen. And Instagram stories have over 300 million active daily users. That's over 60% of all Instagram users and almost double the daily usage of Snapchat. A general rule of thumb is that users will be more likely to see your story than your post. And 70% of Instagram stories are watched with this sound on, ensuring that your message can be heard. Last statistic, over 120 million clicks happened from Instagram story advertisements in the last six months. 120 million? Dang. Safe to say Instagram stories are here to stay. And today I'm going to walk you through the A to Z of feeling confident, of boosting your story views, inviting engagement, and using stories for beating the dang algorithm. Now, it's not always easy. Trust me, I get it. I used to hate going live on Instagram stories. I felt like I had to be on to look perfect, to say everything flawlessly. And I honestly kind of used to stress about how I looked and sounded and what I was sharing about. And with time, I've learned something that is super important. People don't want perfection. In fact, perfection is boring. And I mean, really, it doesn't exist. In such a styled, curated world, going on video is an easy way to show our followers exactly what we're like in real life. Like, how cool is that? So maybe you're like, okay, Jenna, I get it. Going live is important, but it doesn't make it feel any easier, especially when you are just starting out with Instagram stories. With time, you're going to learn how to make them feel more authentic, more relatable and purposeful. And I'm going to share a ton of tips and hacks to feeling confident on brand and to ensuring that your message is clearly communicated. I can truly say that Instagram stories are one of the biggest tools you can use to grow your business right now. And I have a few tricks up my sleeve. 
I think you guys get the picture, but in this episode, I get very specific on the strategy around Instagram stories and many different ways you can utilize this feature from swipe ups to photos, graphics, text overlay, live video, featured stories, and so much more. You can use it from your personal account or you can get a business page, but regardless, there are certain tips to making sure your message gets across and is properly received. So if you're looking to up your Instagram game, you cannot miss this. Head on back to episode number 181. Our next show is all about handling the haters. Episode number 161, my show that was dedicated to the haters. I've heard it all. Really, I have. You're fat. You're unhealthy. Enough with the underwear pics. You're a smart girl. You have more things to say. I'm unfollowing you. Do you know that your eyebrows are way darker than your hair? You should change that. How did you land such a good looking guy? 10 emails in three days? Go F yourself. Way to annoy potential clients. F an idiot. You are way too aggressive. I'm out. You might think it's all rainbows and butterflies over here in Jenna Kutcher land. And it's true. We have the most supportive, loving and all around amazing tribe. But I found that where there is success, ugly things can creep on in and try to attack too. I love to say more followers, more problems. And a lot of times we're fighting battles behind our screens that people never see. So this episode was dedicated all to the haters. And I want to show you how I handle criticism to prove that I'm not invincible. I thought I would share some of the behind the scenes of how I handle the haters. So episode 161, this one's for you to the people who stink behind their keyboards. Christine sent me an email saying, you are so disappointing. I know I'm in a funnel, but you don't even teach anything. Don't call it a training. It's completely misleading. Usually these scummy webinars will give you at least a few useful pointers. The Q&A is just all about your paid stuff. The free offer, if you listen to pretend to care till the end, is only available if you buy it. I just thought you were different. Draw people in with your keeping it real baloney. It's all fake. You are smoke and mirrors. This doesn't serve anybody. All you can offer can be found free elsewhere. Sure, you put an opt-in on your site. Who's going to go to your site to begin with? You have swindling down to a science. I give you credit for your pretty pictures and your sad little personal stories to suck people in, but I don't believe much of what you say. You are the epitome of a snake oil salesperson. Disgusting. I am not merely trolling you. I'm trying to wake your conscience up. I am actually surprised you can sleep at night. Christine. Woo, like reading all of those comments is so hard, but it's so important. And I want to help you handle the inevitable backlash that might come for you if you're going after your dreams. Tune into this episode to hear my five tips to ensuring that you handle criticism in the smoothest, most productive way possible. Can I just say bye, haters? I did. So I hope that's helpful. Our next top episode is episode number 165. And we're talking about profits. How the heck do you pay yourself as an entrepreneur? So maybe you own your own business, which means you're the boss. And as the boss, you get to determine how much money you can make. That's awesome, right? 
But considering how often I get asked this question, it seems to be more stressful than awesome for most business owners. If you ask the average entrepreneur what they make, they'll likely tell you their profits for the year, maybe saying things like, I made six figures. But that often means that the business made six figures. But what did you as a business owner pay yourself? And how do you come up with that number? And what should your business goals be in order to align with your personal salary goals? In this episode, I walk you through the A to Z of how to pay yourself in this crazy entrepreneurial journey. And you need to get a taste of this episode because it's a good one. So here is a sneak peek of episode number 165. And so I want to kind of break this all down with some steps that I would advise you to follow as you start figuring out, one, how do I get income in? Two, how do I figure out what to pay myself? Three, how do I know when it's time for a team? And four, how do I consistently reevaluate through knowing my numbers and, and being confident that I am making what I need to make, saving what I need to save, and really crafting a life around the business you've built? Now, I just want to say too, if you're like, hey, that would be great if my business made more money and it's not there yet, keep listening to this podcast because guess what? You are not ordinary and something big is going to happen for you. And I'm putting a lot of content out there each week to help make that happen for you. And so I want for you to stick with me because these are the things that I did from the very beginning that impact where I am today. So the first step, hire an accountant. Seriously, hire an accountant. They are worth their weight in gold. I would kiss my accountant's feet. Seriously. When I first started, when I first started, one of the first things I ever did was hire an accountant. Before I had my LLC, before I knew how much I'd make, before I was able to leave my job, I wanted to sit down with someone and talk numbers. And I could talk all day about what I do for my unique business type and my industry. But the best advice I can give you is to work with an accountant from the very beginning. If you're not at the very beginning, it is time you have an accountant, guys, because that is what has really changed my life. And it's really helped me set my business up correctly. It's allowed me to pivot into new territories, whether that's real estate or online education. Now, they also do my bookkeeping. So every single month, I am able to see a profit and a loss statement and expenses. So I have a pulse on what's going on financially in my business. How many of you guys out there don't even know how much you made until you go to tax time? And then you're like, I have worked my butt off and I barely made any money. And it's so frustrating. And you're like, now I need to go through another year working my butt off and hope that I'm going to make more. But here's the thing. When you are in your numbers, when you don't shy away from them, but you lean into them, you can make so much better decisions for your business. You can be so much more informed about the current state of affairs. And accountants, ugh. They're worth every penny and there is one in every city and whatever excuse you have for not hiring one yet, squash it and go find one today. I cannot, cannot, cannot emphasize how important this episode is to get a complete walkthrough over my own money journey and how to pay yourself as an entrepreneur. Head to episode number 165 or check out the show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash salary. Now, the next shows are all about me. And let me be honest, when I started this podcast, it was so not a show that was going to go personal. But you guys kept asking and 
I finally delivered. So our next top episode is episode number 127, 10 Things I'm Afraid to Tell You. Now, these episodes are always scary to publish, but I think it is so crucial to reach out and talk about some of the behind the scenes things that are happening in my life that I haven't really put out into the world for fear, maybe insecurity, or just because they were too close to my heart to share in such a public forum until now. So here is a sneak peek from 10 Things I Am Afraid to Tell You, episode number 127. This past year, I made more money than I could have ever imagined. And I'm not shy about numbers. I think that numbers are really helpful because so many people are shy about them. But with making so much money, I've also made a lot of calculated moves that really set ourselves up financially, not just for today or tomorrow, but for the years to come. And I feel like I've always treated my business, this world as if I'm like an NFL player and I could get an injury that would never let me play the game again. And so when I was looking at our projected numbers and seeing these numbers that honestly are surreal to see. I had a goal to be entirely debt-free before I turned 30. And I'm 29 right now. This year, we made that happen. We paid off our mortgage. We purchased a condo with cash. And so we are entirely debt-free. And so while my fear of having people think that we're living beyond our means exists, it's not fake, it's real, I also just have to back it up with the truth that we are being smart and responsible and we're making really smart decisions. And I think that so much of how I was raised has impacted my relationship with money. Debt just hangs over me, whether it's student loans or a mortgage. I know all those things are normal, but the fact that I feel like I owe something to someone really doesn't sit well with me. And so as we continue to navigate what life is looking like, we are just continuing to live a debt-free life. And I just have to put that out there because that fear for me is so real. I always joke. I'm like, I think that our neighbors think that we are trust fund babies. We are definitely the youngest people on our block. And you know, Drew left his job and then we went to Hawaii for a month and we came back with a condo and all these things. But no one knows what our pocketbooks really look like. And so whenever you see people online living these lavish lifestyles that can really make us want to keep up with the Joneses, just remember you are not looking at their debt. You're not looking at their income. You don't know. Maybe they're making payments on all that stuff. Whatever that looks like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have just chosen to be debt-free because that makes me feel the most free in this world. So that was number two. Can we just say vulnerability? I think the internet needs more real, more raw, and I'm going to do my best to fill that void and to remind you guys, like, I'm just a human with a microphone. From our fertility journey, the real truth behind our finances, also talking about my hygiene habits, and one of the hardest parts of our marriage, and the last one that feels too scary to even type. So to hear them all, head on back to episode number 127 and enjoy that show. 
Our next top show is episode number 159, Keeping Up with the Kutchers. This episode was a first of its kind where my sweet husband, Drew, came on and he helped me answer your biggest questions. That's right. Both of us sitting side by side, a little too close for comfort and answering your biggest questions. And we had a blast doing it. It definitely unearthed some really interesting topics because we didn't quite screen the questions ahead of time. And so here is a snippet of episode episode number 159 featuring my husband Drew Kutcher. Okay, so I have a question for you Drew and Lindsay McCoy sent this in. So Drew, and then I have to answer it too. How do you feel about the wife being the breadwinner? I hate that term, Lindsay says. I'm starting to make more money than my guy. Thankfully, I have a dude who thinks it's great and Drew seems similar, but I've observed this being a big struggle in many relationships with our society so skewed to the man working, the woman home thing, even in 2018. Oh, for sure. I think you're a team at the end of the day. And if one of you was making more money than the other, who really cares if it's the man or the woman? I honestly, Jenna's the smarter one. She knows what she's doing. Go ahead and make all them like you know what i mean I, i'm not gonna hold her back just because she's a lady i'm not gonna say no i need to make more money than you do what you got to do and i'm here to support you and do whatever we need to do behind the scenes because at the end of the day it's all going into the same bank account mm-hmm. baby you're bring lucky. it home <laughs> i think one thing that i value about drew and like both of our upbringings is our moms were both the breadwinners in a sense they both had their masters they were both teachers our dads both worked really hard jobs and yeah. and were just like awesome hard workers and and never went to college and so that juxtaposition was like something that was normal and i mean for our entire relationship i've always been the breadwinner mm-hmm. i think i mean I don't know. It just really doesn't matter. I think one of the I think one of the biggest struggles with that is like Drew does so much to help my life. And so the arguments happen because it's like I I love making money. Like I, I enjoy it. And Drew loves like making sure we're taken care of. The house is clean. There's dinner on the table. Bills. Yeah. Dogs, like he does so many things that like allow me to be the breadwinner. So I think that the only thing that can be hard at times is it's like he's not just like walking home with a check like normal. But I couldn't do what I do without him doing what he does. And remember when we told grandma and grandpa that you wanted to be a stay at home dad? He was so dad? shocked. He's like, wait a minute. You're not <laughs> doing anything? Like, what are you? You're going to go to work. You're going to go find a, a job, aren't you? Like, it was our, I mean, it's like, yes, it was so old fashioned. My grandparents were like so confused and, and super supportive, but like very much like, wait, like how, how is this going to be? And that was the first time we found out we were pregnant. We had told them that that was our plan. And so obviously plans have changed, but it's still really funny. Gosh, I love that episode. We fully covered all the nitty gritty details of your questions. And if you're wondering things like how we balance business and play, what our first kiss was really like, what our relationship story is, or what it's really like to marry a girl boss, then this episode is for you. Head on back to episode number 159 to hear from the Kutchers.
As your business grows and your team grows with you, you'll probably need to pay for a few business trips along the way, and that can get expensive. The travel management platform Trip Actions is designed for booking employee travel, and it actually saves businesses money with incentives for employees to spend less on their trip. So say I need to fly my team into Minnesota. When my team books their travel with Trip Actions, they're shopping a massive inventory of big name flights and hotels, and they'll receive incentives incentives if they choose a cheaper flight. Basically, for every dollar the employee saves the company on travel, the employee receives a percentage back. Sounds interesting, right? There's so much to trip actions from their customer service offerings to the employee incentives and companies from Lyft to Sara Lee's Frozen Bakery trust trip actions for their employee travel. If you want to learn more, visit tripactions.com slash gold digger and attend a 30 minute demo and you'll get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. It's this month only. So go to tripactions.com slash gold digger for a free demo and a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. A business is only as strong as its people. And you guys know I'm a huge advocate for outsourcing, hiring, and building your dream team. It's no secret that every hire matters. So don't settle for just posting and crossing your fingers that the right person will apply. LinkedIn is more than just the world's largest professional network. It's also a better way to find great talent. If you're looking to hire, 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn. That's right, quality candidates waiting to be found by you. Because LinkedIn considers skill, experience, location to match, and promote your job to potential candidates, I have no doubt that you can find exactly who you're looking for. Out of the 22 million professionals that are active on LinkedIn every week from every industry, you are sure to find your match. Basically, to sum it up, if you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. Head to linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off towards your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash gold digger for $50 off your job post today. Terms and conditions apply, but this is an awesome opportunity for you to find your dream hire. Now, let's recap some of our guest interviews because I have had some incredible guests. I mean, I wish I could highlight them all. It's kind of impossible to pick favorites, but here are some of our most influential interviews. We're going to kick this off with episode number 168, How to Gain Influence in Five Easy Steps with Emily Sexton. With a past career on Wall Street as a vice president of communications and change management, Emily is teaching us her signature topic, which is how to influence others. Gold Diggers, I cannot emphasize how important this episode is. It's one of my favorites. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a college student, a single mom, or somebody out there who's dreaming of a bigger life, there is value in knowing how to communicate well, how to own your story, and connect with others in a powerful way. I cannot tell you how incredible this episode is. You need to learn how to harness that inner voice, and you can do it from this one in a million woman, Emily. Are you ready for a taste of episode number 168? Right. So, okay. I think influencing others is often a skill that's not overlooked, but I think it's suppressed. And that's because I think we confuse influence with manipulation. And I just remember in corporate, like going through all these corporate trainings and getting links sent to me of things to read of, you know, how to 
basically manipulate people. It was phrased as how to win people over. And when I took the strengths finders test, woo is my number one. And so I kept getting like all this like development materials sent to me by managers and people. And in the context of my job, I really did need to win people over to sometimes really important things to make their life better and the employees that worked under them better. But I just, my soul was off when I would read these things. I was like, there's got to be a better way. And some of these articles and training materials, I would go through and literally think like, is this real life? Is this real life? And it would be like, when they say this, say this. And when they say this, say this. And you'll totally like hit them in their weak spot. And then this. And I just literally, anytime I'd read that, I was never fooled. I was never fooled. And I was like, this is not the economy that I think we live in. Mm -hmm. And I really just don't think if this feels off for me, I'm willing to bet there's other people that this feels off to them too. And so that's not going to work. And so I just, in my corporate career, I can tell you the one reason I was successful is because I humanized myself and the people I worked with. I remember moving to London and like basically sharing my life story and sharing like, oh, what did you do this weekend? And asking people all these questions. And they were like so miffed by me. They're like, who is this girl wearing bright colors and with bright red hair? Who's like really enthusiastic. I, I mean, you could probably guess I didn't really fit into British culture immediately. And I gained relationships that way. I was just really real with people. And I don't think I overshared. I was just sharing about my life and inviting them to do the same with me. And I remember being warned before I went to Switzerland, my manager at the time, he on the plane right over, he said, uh, Emily, uh, just so you know, and he wasn't British. I won't tell you what country he's from, but I'm doing a horrible <laughs> accent. I'm just going to speak in an American accent, dear Lord. Okay. He was like, Emily, basically like you need to tone down your enthusiasm and you know, and don't ask personal questions. Like the Swiss men, they don't like that. And I thought, "Mm, okay, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because that's not how I've been doing my job today. (laughs) So guess what? Went over there, made some jokes, was enthusiastic and they loved it. And I remember asking them personal questions. How are your kids? Do you have kids? Oh, I see your kids framed on your desk. Tell me about them. Oh my gosh. What are their personalities like? And it was a game changer. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and listened. And I just don't think, you know, in corporate, and even when you run a small business, even in your personal life, you're thinking about all these things you want to achieve and get from people and things you need to accomplish and check off your list. And we never sit to think like, well, gosh, they have something to offer too. This episode, I just teared up re-listening to it to write these show notes, and you'll have to tune in to fully experience Emily's magic. If you listen to the full thing, you will hear Emily's six concrete tips to winning others over in personal and in business settings. But in the meantime, I will leave you with this quote. When we think of influence, think about the legacy you want to leave in this world. Don't play small. Use your impact for good. And maybe head on back to episode number 168 to get the full, full thing. Our next top interview was episode number 172, How to Live Your Truth in a World Telling Lies with Jessamine Stanley. She is amazing. She's an internationally recognized yoga teacher, an award-winning Instagram personality, and a body positive advocate. She's been profiled by a wide range of media, including Good Morning America, Time, New York, Glamour, Shape. It goes on and on and on. 
And I have personally loved following Jessamine for so long. The way that she speaks so boldly and authentically, and she always seems to be taking care of herself. It's so inspiring to me. I love how she carries herself. And today she teaches us all about not just fitting into the mold in your career, but how you can live life on your own terms. Here is episode number 172. Have you always been this confident in your skin? Because I think one of the number one questions I get asked because I put myself and my body out there quite a bit, just like totally. you, is like, where does this confidence come from? How do I find it? Can you talk about that journey a little bit? I can't. It's funny because I'm always thinking this, like people think that you know, I must have always yep. been confident or never, there's <laughs> never been a day where, and I'm like, Sister. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh. and so yeah, I feel you. I mean, I think that, well, okay. So the short answer is no. And when I was in middle school, especially, I really struggled with just all kind, every kind of emotional deflation mm-hmm. that you can do for yourself. And I'm very grateful for that time, honestly, because it was great. I was bullied really severely during that time, and it was terrible then, but it was excellent preparation for internet trolling mm-hmm. and for um, dealing with people who just direct hatred toward me. So there's that. But I also, the process of learning to have a better relationship with myself is ongoing. And I believe it will happen for the rest of my life. Like the way that I've described it is that I am in a permanent state of recovery. I learned to body shame myself as a child. I would say it's probably one of the first things that I learned to do. And I've just gotten progressively better at it over time. My mom is excellent at it. She was a great teacher. Like then so many people and my friends are really excellent at body shaming themselves and other people. And as a result, that like knowledge and that work of hating yourself compounded over decades means that even if you do spend years in your 20s and 30s saying, I'm going to, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to figure out how to have a better relationship with myself. That's still permanent work. Like I think of myself as a person who is addicted to body shaming. Mm -hmm. I'm an addict and I'm in a permanent state of recovery. Simply put, this episode was so powerful. Her mission, her bold voice, and her truth. She is so authentic, and you can feel that in every moment of this show. And she's about to teach you how to live in the same way. So if you want to tune in to The Real Deal, head on back to episode number 172. Now, next up, I get to highlight one of my favorite friends, Rachel Hollis, episode number 146. Giddy up for this next highlight, because in episode 146, we are digging into how to write a book 101 with the incredible author and girl boss, Rachel Hollis. You might have heard about her top book that's out there, Girl, Wash Your Face. Yeah. Everyone's reading it, and if you haven't read it yet, you probably should. This rock star woman is a best-selling author, a TV personality, a public speaker, a CEO, and a mother of four. And if that wasn't enough, Rachel was named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under 30. She is deeply passionate about women in business. And I am just so excited about episode 146 because she peels back the curtain and lets us see how the magic happens. So, Listen to this clip from episode number 146. 
tell you this. If you have a social platform, if you have an active and engaged audience, you are probably better off to market and sell your book than most traditional publishing companies are today. Mm -hmm. And that is just the absolute truth. Because what I have learned, and I've worked with three different publishers, all of which are big publishers, is that if you come in as kind of the low man on the totem pole, like this is a new author, we're really taking a we're taking a chance on her, we don't really know what she's gonna do, you're not getting the PR support that you need, you're not getting the marketing support that you need, and you're still going like if you want your book to be successful, it's gonna be you on your social media, in your email list, doing all the things that Jenna tells mm-hmm. you to do. That's what you're gonna have to do to sell that book. So to me, I kind of think, well, if that's going to be the case, then shoot, I may as well just try and Mm -hmm. sell it myself. I may as well just get the money myself. With my platform today, with your platform today, Jenna, if you self-publish right now, I think you'd be shocked at how much money you could make. In fact, a lot of authors in the fiction space won't even do traditional publishing deals anymore because they're like, Mm -hmm. why would I? I have a platform, I'm a big enough name, I can get my book in the Barnes and Noble, no problem. And I'm going to get 70% of every sale. That is, that's worth. So if it, I guess, as you're starting out, the question to ask yourself is, am I doing this for mm-hmm. marketing? Do I want to market my company? In which case, you know, maybe it is a traditional route. Am I doing this because I want to be a New York Times bestseller or a USA Today bestseller? If that's your goal, then you absolutely have to go traditional publishing because with self-publishing, you're not even going to have a chance at that. Or is this about an added revenue mm-hmm. stream? Do I want some additional income for my business? In which case, self-publish all day long. There is no, I know there's a little bit of like a stigma about, you know, if you're not, if you're not self-published, you're not a real author. No. Screw that noise. I'm sorry. If you're a Rachel Hollis fan or you've ever wondered, like, how do I write a book or how can I self-publish or what does it take to get a book published? Rachel walks you through each option with tangible advice. From creativity to finances, we're talking about it all. So if writing has always been on your bucket list, but you don't even know where to start, or if you just simply love Rachel Hollis like I do, episode number 146 is for you. Now, my last interview that's my favorite one to round out this top 10 is episode number 186, Conversations with My Mom. People ask me all the time who I admire more than anyone in the world, and I got to have her on my show. My ultimate superwoman, my mom. She truly does it all. She's a mother of three who has worked her whole life and taught me what it truly means to be a strong woman. In episode number 186, I wanted my mom to come on in and discuss all the things like only a mom can do. Here's a peek. Okay, what makes you most proud about my journey? Oh, I think that I know I read this poster once. So I was like, there is a ripple effect in all that we do, like what you do touches me, what I do touches you. But my point, like, I think your ripples are crazy amazing. Like, I think all the people you're affecting, because I think it's one thing, like if you're talking in a microphone or posting a picture, mm-hmm. but the thousands of people that are like empowered to feel good about themselves or to have confidence to do something like I just feel like you know I'm in a classroom with nursing students Mm -hmm. and I have their physical presence but you have this presence that's 
so far outreaching that mm-hmm. you're like changing lives in crazy, amazing ways that as a mom and a woman, I'm like, oh my God. And it it's crazy too, because I feel like I've always called you a wise old soul. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like you're way older than your age, even from a super young age. But you know, I know people that are my age that are devoted followers. Like I feel like you have a voice that crosses generations of women from teens to 60, 70 year old women. So I feel like you speak in a way that you get womenhood Mm -hmm. and what we need. And I feel like your messages are just so far outreaching. It's crazy to me. Amazing. Yeah. Is it weird if people like find you or like know that you're my mom or like Oh, I follow her. Is that weird? Not really. I mean, it's more a proud thing. I mean, the weirdest thing once was at the airport where this <laughs> steward guy like was like, are you Jenna Kucha's parents? And he like ran after us in an airport. And I was like, what the heck? Like that was a couple years back. But I that think, yeah, I think not. Re- I mean, you know, some of my students have been like, oh, my God, you're Jenna's mom. Like, wow, I love her. I follow her. Some of my coworkers do that, too. But it's just more a pride thing. I'm just yeah. like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm so proud of her. So, yeah. yeah. I love this episode, hearing what it was like to be a working mama, tangible tips on how she balanced motherhood in her career, what she really thinks about my career and the bra and underwear photos, and the biggest ways I've changed in starting my business. She shares all the mom goodness. This is one of my favorite episodes. And I asked her your biggest questions. Safe to say I will treasure this episode forever. So hop on back to episode 186 and tune on in in case you you missed it. There you have it, guys. The top 10 episodes you cannot miss individually and collectively. These are going to rock your world. Maybe you're new to the podcast. If you are, welcome to the party. These episodes are the perfect episodes to get you acclimated to how we do things around here. For all the details, for links to the specific shows we listed, and for the full list, head to jennacutcherblog.com slash 200 to find exactly what you're looking for. And one more thing. I think in this world, we often let milestones and celebrations pass us by without really pausing to pat ourselves on the back and to truly enjoy the moment. But today I'm choosing to show up, to reflect, to celebrate on 200 shows. And I'd love to invite you to join in. If Gold Digger has touched you, if it's impacted your business or refreshed your spirits at any point, please consider sharing our show and joining in on the celebration. Whether you screenshot that you're tuning in and share it on Facebook or text it to a friend or put it in your Instagram story, life truly is the more the merrier and there is room for everyone at the Gold Digger table. If you think the world needs a little more confetti and celebrations and a lot more women building each other up, let's share this show far and wide and spread some gold digging magic. I hope you enjoyed this recap. I have to give a really big shout out to the amazing team behind me that is making this show possible every single week from our editors to our producer to my team that is helping me write these show notes and recap these episodes for you. There is no way I could do this alone and it is so much fun to get to celebrate alongside of you. So cheers as we approach episode number 200. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. And if you want to follow us over on Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast, I would love to hear from you and to hear about what you can't wait to hear about next. Thank you so much for supporting this show and this dream of mine. I am so excited to see what's coming up. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. 
Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.